You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you a free shot at $1 million top prize when you download and sign up using promo code THPN. If you haven't tried DraftKings Daily Fantasy, this is the time. It's easy to play. Pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning. Then sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up points for pars, birdies, finishing positions, and more. Even though you may not be able to hit the course with the pros, DraftKings is giving you the chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at the $1 million top prize. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Saturday, April the 10th. Ian Cameron with you. Of course, Jimmy Murphy will be back Monday. He has uh, lots of stuff going on Saturdays or and Sundays, for that matter. And, of course, Alex B. Smith, once again, we wish him uh, our best. Thoughts, prayers, well wishes as he tends to a family matter back home. So in the meantime, it is me, and I said, you know what? I'm not doing a show solo this weekend. We're going to get some special guests. We've got one lined up tomorrow. And we have one lined up today. And those of you that see uh, that are watching on YouTube see the name Terry Edelman. You should know who that is. He's basically, I don't think he misses a show, to be honest with you. And we love that about him. Like he's almost uh, watching every single day uh, to the Ice Guys show, a loyal follower of the show for a very long time. And uh, look, we're doing a rotation of special guests uh, throughout the season uh, on the Ice Guys show. And Terry Edelman uh, uh, actually sent me a message a few weeks ago saying, you need me to be a special guest. I'm here. And so he's here. Terry Edelman, Minnesota Wild fan club president, I guess you could say, <laughs> uh, joining us here as our special guest on the Ice Guys. Terry, welcome in. Uh, glad to have you with us. Thanks, Ian. Uh, I'm glad. I've been a fan of the show since uh, pretty much when you guys started. So uh, it was back uh, on SBR with uh, Andrew and Alex, yep. uh, Dana Lane. So I've been watching you guys for a while, and uh, I'm super excited to talk some hockey today. Yeah, absolutely. That's and that goes way back to the very first 
uh, incarnation, I guess you could say, of the Ice Guys show. Back in the SBR days a few years ago when we had Dana and we had Alex and Andrew and me, that was the original uh, Ice Guys crew right there. You know, we've had people come and go. Dana left, of course, Andrew left, and now we got Jimmy Murphy with us. Of course, Alex and I are the mainstays still from day one uh, of the Ice Guys. But, uh, Terry, it's good to have you with us. Let's get to this Saturday card. It is a big one. We've got two games in the afternoon. Uh, we have the Florida Panthers and the Dallas Stars. Uh, we got even money both sides here, minus 110 the total, uh, five and a half shaded to the under. Uh, the Florida Panthers, they have not lost multiple games in a row very often this year, but uh, they have uh, going into this game here against the uh, Dallas Stars, albeit, you know, we're talking about losing to the Carolina Hurricanes, which is no shame in that. Uh, the Hurricanes having a phenomenal season. Uh, Florida, I think the third period got away from them the other night, and then or the first game against Carolina. And then the other night against the Hurricanes, it was just Carolina putting a blanket on Florida. You give them credit. They played very solid defensive hockey. Uh, Florida had difficulty generating speed through the neutral zone. And really, their time in the offensive zone was limited for much of that game. So it was a really, really good effort defensively from uh, Carolina. You know, I've been backing Dallas a little bit lately on this road trip that they just completed. They split as splitsville essentially for dallas they split the two games in nashville they split the two games in carolina they split the two games uh just now in chicago uh, and now they're back home off that road trip that's always a little bit of a dubious spot here dallas has had their share of issues clearly head-to-head -head with the panthers this year the panthers have dummied them uh the panthers have absolutely uh, dominated the stars head-to-head I would only look toward Florida here in this game. I know obviously the Ekblad injury is significant, and but per, let's not forget prior to the two losses against an excellent Carolina team, Panthers were showing an ability to still win games, play good hockey without uh, Aaron Ekblad in the lineup. They do miss him, uh, but I like the way Ek, uh, Barkov, Huberto, and Carter Verhage, that trio in particular, uh, have, have been really leading the charge offensively for the Panthers at that forward group. Verhage's actually the leading goal scorer on this team, 17. You talk about a great pickup uh, in the offseason from the Tampa Bay Lightning, a guy that can is, is, that finds it difficult to crack that depth that the Lightning have. You obviously get a chance now to be in a top-six role here in Florida because there's more opportunity for a guy like Carter Verhage, and he's making the most of it. He's been outstanding. Uh, Barkov and Huberto tied with 42 points each, so – uh, these are guys that are getting it done right now for this uh, Florida Panthers team. Uh, it, it looks like it's going to be uh, Sergei Bobrovsky in that for Florida. Anton Hudobin uh, for the Stars. Uh, Bobrovsky's done pretty well this season against the Dallas Stars. 2-0, 2.41, 2-0, 2 2.41 goals against average uh, for Bobrovsky uh, against Dallas this year. So as much as I backed Dallas on this road trip, now they're back home. A little bit of that flat spot, you know, that typical first home game off that road trip spot. Florida looking to avoid three straight losses. They've matched up very well uh, with Dallas this year. So, yeah, I'm going to be on the Panthers here right around minus 105, minus 110. Pretty much even money. Pretty good price considering the way the Panthers have played uh, most of the season. Like I say, they've lost two in a row, but are we going to penalize them and are we going to throw them in the garbage chute because they lost to an excellent Hurricanes team, I'm certainly not going to do that. So uh, I do like Florida here in this game. Terry, what do you think? What's your take with the uh, Panthers and the Stars? Well, uh, Florida is very well coached. That's what I've noticed. Uh, Coach Q Quenville has done a great job with Florida. Um, their defense is better this year. Their goaltending is better this year. Their offense is still good. I like Florida Moneyline official uh, pick today. Uh, I just feel losing the last two games. Uh, they're going to come out uh, strong tonight. 
the division uh, the division title is still in within their grasp. Uh, so playoffs, you want to have home ice advantage. I think Florida is going to give it their all tonight. I, I like Florida money line. Yeah, and they've been a good road team all year. Twelve and eight on the road is a pretty good road record. I mean, any anytime you're five hundred or better on the road, it's good. But twelve and eight on the road is really good. I mean, it's it's difficult to win away from home. Florida's been able to do that. Uh, Hudobin uh, still uh, in uh, in terms of the, his uh, win loss record, he's only eight and thirteen uh, on the season when he's been in net. So it's been tough sledding for him to get victories. We've got the Boston Bruins now and the Philadelphia Flyers. This is the second of the two afternoon games. In the NHL today, Boston minus 120, uh, road favorites, total five and a half, uh, shaded to the over here uh, in this one. Uh, look, uh, Jimmy Murphy, who was on the show yesterday, talking about Jeremy Swayman, and rightfully so, giving him all the accolades, giving him all the credit. He looks like a composed goalie. He's cutting down the angles. He's seeing the puck well. And much like these goalies that are younger, that are uh, stepped in and played well, I think of Jack Campbell in Toronto, I'm seeing it with Jeremy Swayman in these first few starts with the Bruins. He's just a vacuum. You know, when the puck hits him, he, he sucks it up. There's no rebounds. You know, his rebound control has been very, very good. Uh, he looks like he's uh, definitely calm, composed, collected uh, in the net, which is good to see. And the Bruins have played well for him. And there's, some, I think there's something to the fact that, like, like the Leafs with Campbell, these parallels that we're drawing with these two goalies, you look to see the Bruins playing pretty hard and pretty well uh, for their goaltender right now, Jeremy Swayman as well uh, in this one. So uh, definitely like like what I'm seeing here from the uh, Bruins right now. I lean a little bit to them here. I certainly don't want to go against Boston right now with the, the good vibes they've got and the way Swayman's going in net. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, of course, lost the uh, last game head-to-head -head against the uh, Bruins, and Swayman got the uh, better of them there. It's Brian Elliott who's going to be uh, in net uh, today for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers and look he hasn't been quite Carter Hart level of struggles that he that Hart has obviously had for especially earlier uh, about a month or so ago but Elliott's still been you know shaky uh, to say the least this season in net for the uh, Flyers so uh, to me it's an it's it's a look to the over as well I would probably lean in that direction here I, I would only look Boston from a side perspective minus 120 uh, I like the good karma they've got going and i will say this though about swayman as good as he's been now you're gonna have to face this very same team for the second time you know this is where you would expect a team like the flyers to make some kind of adjustments mm -hmm. consult their goalie coach and say hey what did we not see on swayman where are his tendencies what are his weaknesses what can we exploit here in this second time facing him so now's the proof in the pudding coming up can jeremy swayman uh, go out there play well like he did the first game, knowing that there's probably going to be some adjustments coming from these Flyers forwards and some of these shooters. So I do lean to the Bruins. I probably will have a small bet on the Bruins, but I th think I like the over here just a little bit more than the side. Five and a half is the total. Uh, the over is about minus 110, minus 115. Uh, so lean, uh, small bet Bruins, maybe a little bit stronger opinion for me over five and a half here, minus 115. Uh, Terry, what's your thoughts here with the Bruins and the Flyers? Oh, uh, well, first thing I do when I handicap games, I wanted to mention that too, is I like to look back at the last five matchups uh, between those two teams. So I put in uh, Boston in Philadelphia, and I look at the last five meetings uh, in Philadelphia and see what's happened. So Boston is 4-0-1 in their last five trips to Philly, and 6-0-1 against the Flyers this season in general. 
Uh, for me, the Flyers are a big letdown team this year. I had them winning the division uh, before the season started in my uh, preseason predictions. I really thought the Flyers had a, a great team uh, top to bottom and thought they were going to be a contender. But I think this series versus Boston is the reason why they're going to miss the playoffs and is a big reason for their falter this year. Um, I'm on Boston Moneyline. Like, you can't, with the price that you're getting for Boston and the way Boston is just like destroyed Philadelphia this year. It's hard. You can't, I can't talk myself off Boston. So Boston money line, an official pick for me. They have owned the flyers. There is no question. There is absolutely zero debate about that. It has been a tough, tough, tough go of it head to head for the Philadelphia flyers against the Boston Bruins. And what's scary for Philly now is that uh, all of a sudden the Bruins have their big guns going again, Bergeron, Marshawn, Pasternak. Uh, they're all stepping up. They've had a nice little few games. They were, you know, Cassidy made the decision that, hey, we're going to tinker with the lines a little bit last weekend against Pittsburgh. And ever since then, uh, we've seen this offense come to life, which is also why I like the over, because I think they realize, hey, for this young kid, let's get our offense going. Let's score some goals. Let's give him the, all the support we can. Uh, so I think there's that incentive to, you know, not just try to win games low scoring, but help him in terms of give him some goals as well. And we saw that from the Bruins uh, the last meeting against the uh, Flyers in that 4-2 to victory. All right, the rest of the games are at night. We'll start with Winnipeg-Montreal. Montreal minus 130, uh, home favorites, total 5.5 here, uh, shaded to the over in this game. The Jets, great spot for the Jets when they faced Montreal uh, a couple of nights ago. Montreal was off that intense, you know, exhausting uh, physical game against the Leafs. Uh, went back and forth. The Leafs got the victory, a little bit of a flat spot the very next night. Uh, and Winnipeg pounced on Montreal in that first period and ended up uh, carrying forward to the victory uh, 4-2. It was a really good spot to back the Jets in that game. Uh, I might come back to Montreal here, though, in this one. I think it's they've been a pretty good, uh, lately at least, they've been a pretty good uh, bounce-back team. Hellebuck and Jake Allen, it's going to be the uh, same goaltending matchup we saw uh, the other night for this uh the other night between these two teams. Blake Wheeler uh, is out indefinitely. Uh, they missed him the other night as well, but still were able to win without him. As far as, far as the uh, Montreal Canadiens go, obviously, you know, Brendan Gallagher is still going to be out long term. But uh, definitely, we I thought they pushed back pretty well uh, against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. And if you actually look at shots on goal, high danger chances, expected goals margins in that Jets-Canadiens game the other night, there was a heavily... Uh, tilted ice toward the Montreal Canadiens. They actually took the game to the Winnipeg Jets, even though they came out on the losing end uh, of the final score. Uh, so I think that, you know, if the Montreal plays that kind of game where they're generating more of the offense, they're dictating the play like they were the other night, I think they'll probably get a better result from this game. And certainly from a Montreal standpoint, not saying Winnipeg's obviously battling in the uh, battle for first, although I think they're more than likely going to be battling with Winnipeg, or sorry, battling with Edmonton. Uh, for second in the division. I don't think the Jets or the Oilers may catch Toronto for first, uh, but definitely they're battling for positioning there, maybe getting that second spot. For Montreal, they're trying to hang in there uh, with the uh, uh, fourth spot, although they're not exactly getting pressure from Calgary, who continues to have trouble getting out of their own way right now. So, But I do think Montreal's, the uh, from a spot perspective, seeing the way they took the play to Winnipeg, uh, I think there's a decent chance they bounce back here. I would look to them at minus 130. Uh, in this game. Uh, Terry, what do you think with the Jets and the Habs? Uh, I have two picks for this game, actually. So um, 
six of the seven games between these two teams have gone over five and a half um, between them this season. Uh, they've all been high-scoring games. Um, Winnipeg's five and two against uh, Montreal this season, and uh, won three of their last five in Montreal. I think that the Jets have been undervalued a lot by odds makers this year. I think there are times where um, they're underdogs when they shouldn't be. I think Montreal is a bit overvalued by odds makers. Um, so I'm going right back to it. Uh, Winnipeg money line as an official pick and also over five and a half in this game. All right. Like, all right. Like in Winnipeg plus one ten and over five and a half. Uh, I, there's no doubt. Um, Winnipeg is a small market team. They've got, they've got some excellent forwards, but they're not these forwards that are going to be, you know, in the mainstream consciousness all the time. Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley. You know, we know how good these guys are, but you don't get them mentioned quite uh, to the level that uh, some others do. So that's your issue right now is that, and that's why Winnipeg, you know, is probably a little bit undervalued uh, right now uh, in terms of the betting markets. Chicago, Columbus, we've got Chicago minus 125, uh, road favorites, total five and a half shaded to the over uh, in this game. Uh, the Jackets, not a team I'm backing. Uh, this close to the deadline with all the rumors swirling right now that, you know, is Nick Foligno going to get, uh, traded uh, is David Savard on the blue line going to get traded for the Jackets? Like there's just there's so many players on this Jackets team being linked in potential trade talks. So going into the deadline with these teams that might be sellers, I'm not looking for reasons to back them just two days before the trade deadline. That's for sure. Chicago, on the other hand, look they split with Dallas. They've got to probably go on a little bit of a nice uh, run here late in the regular season if they want to uh, make a make a push for the top four uh, playoff spot in that division. Uh, definitely uh, Lankin and Merzlikens, by the way, going to be your starting goaltenders. Uh, Columbus uh, obviously got shelled the other night by uh, Tampa Bay. I think, though, there's signs that Columbus is starting to get some offense going. I, I do like this over in this game, over five and a half, because I do think this offense at some point has got to – get things going a little bit. I, I've ranted in, uh, about Patrick Lyonet uh, a lot. Uh, Roslovic's actually been okay for them, uh, for the Jackets, getting him in that deal with Winnipeg as well. But uh, I think you're seeing signs, though, that the offense is starting to come around. They've still got Atkinson and Bjorkstrand. It's not like this team doesn't have forwards that can put the puck in the net and guys that have produced at the NHL level. They've just had a tough time recently uh, being able to do that. Hell, we even saw Max Domi score a goal recently for this team. I think Kevin Stenlund's the guy to watch out for. This left winger for the Jackets, he's all of a sudden scored in multiple games lately. I think from a prop standpoint, scoring a, a goal-scoring prop that should have some value, he's found the back of the net in a couple games now, is indeed Kevin Stenlund here uh, for the Columbus Blue Jackets. So I think it's a good... Bargain opportunity here where you have Columbus's offense starting to wake up a little bit. I like that they put the puck in the net a little bit against a very good Tampa Bay team. Chicago is still uh, a team offensively that's fully capable. And I think after getting bombed by Dallas 5-1 uh, to one the other night, you're going to see Chicago uh, try to be a little bit more assertive at the offensive end of the ice. So nothing on the side, but I like the over here. Five and a half, good price, minus 110. Uh, Terry, uh, any opinion for you here with uh, Chicago Columbus? I have an opinion. Uh, I don't have an official pick in this game because it wasn't uh, strong enough for me to officially bet it. But I lean Chicago here. And as a as a hardcore Wild fan uh, for years now, uh, uh, Chicago, our biggest rival, 
the fact that I'm leaning towards them <laughs> uh, should show a lot. Uh, I don't like that Wierenski is out uh, for Columbus, and I don't really like how Columbus has played this year in general. Um, Chicago, though, started off really hot this season and has kind of slowed down. Um, but they still have – the playoffs are still there. If Chicago goes on a run, they do have a chance at making it. So I'm going to lean with Chicago tonight. I don't know if I'm officially going to uh, bet it, but I'm, I lean with Chicago here, especially with yeah, Lincoln I mean, in it. Yeah, I would only I would only look Chicago, no question. And I, I lean that way. I'm, I'm going to stick with the total, though, because I think Columbus has found some offense lately, and Chicago should as well. Uh, against uh, Merzlikens and the uh, Blue Jackets, who, again, just uh, yielded a bunch of goals against uh, the Lightning uh, the other night. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a good recipe for goals. But you're right, from a side perspective, for me, it's Chicago or pass. With Columbus, you know, with all these rumors swirling about who's going to be dealt at the deadline, and they've got a lot of guys out, too. Let's not forget, you look at the injury list, Wierenski, Boone Jenner, uh, Savard, uh, Nick Foligno, uh, the captain of the team. So a lot of key cogs out for Columbus as well. So it's a lean Chicago for me, and I like the over uh, in this game. Ottawa-Toronto, uh, the Leafs, minus 330 to minus 340 home favorites, total six and a half shaded to the under. I, I don't have anything on this game, not even close to betting it. Uh, Ottawa's scrappy. Maybe you look Ottawa plus one and a half goals. You can get a decent price on that. They find ways to compete. They do give Toronto usually a tough time, but this is – this is one of those games where I could see the Leafs going all out because Jack Campbell's already got the franchise record for most consecutive wins to start a season. I believe he can go for the league record, I believe, if the, if he wins tonight, if I'm not mistaken. So this is a huge game uh, for the Leafs and for Jack Campbell. I think they're going to do everything in their power because they love this guy. Everyone do a man on this Leafs team. Can't say enough about what a great teammate he is, how hard he works, all this stuff. So you know the Leafs will go over and above the call of duty uh, to try to get this guy another victory tonight against the Ottawa Senators. They're playing great hockey, the Leafs right now, going for their sixth straight uh, win. Uh, you know their Their power plays sucked to be honest with you, for the last like several weeks, and they've still won. Their five-on-five -five play has been outstanding, and their penalty kill, which had been a huge problem for the Maple Leaf team for the last few years, is all of a sudden looking dominant. Nobody, nobody can score on the power play against this Leaf team right now. The penalty kill has been outstanding. I think Jack Campbell has certainly played a huge part of that. Austin Matthews is getting it going again. He had that wrist injury. Uh, he's gotten over that clearly because he's back to scoring almost every game now uh, for this Leafs team. I think they win the game. Uh, under six and a half could be the way to look there. Emily in the chat saying sends Maple Leafs under six and a half. My only look here. That would be a lean for me because six and a half is a pretty lofty total. The way the Leafs are playing a little bit better defensively, the way their penalty kill is going, the way Jack Campbell's playing uh, in net, it probably could stay under six and a half this game. It's going to probably be Anton Forsberg. Uh, in net for the uh, Ottawa Senators. Not confirmed yet, but they expect him uh, to be in net. Lean under. Other than that, I'm uh, definitely passing on this game. And uh, from a side perspective, how can you go against Toronto here with a guy that's won 10 straight uh, in net in Jack Campbell? Uh, Terry, what do you think here? Battle of Ontario, Sens Leafs. Uh, I stay off totals. I just, I don't have luck with totals. So I, I, I try to stay off them. Like I am on the Winnipeg over today. But, uh, Four of the last seven, or sorry, four of the seven uh, matchups this year between these two teams have gone over. Uh, three have gone under. Three of the last five, uh, Ottawa and Toronto, have gone over. 
So the under, I know Campbell's playing well and Ottawa, Ottawa's goaltenders um, have been playing well. Uh, but I, I, I can't take the under here. And then the Leafs, the, the value on the Leafs, there like there is nothing like Leafs money line. You're you're paying so much. So what I'd look to do with this game is because I really do think that the Leafs are going to win. I would look to parlay this uh, with another game that we're going to talk about coming up soon. So I, uh, this would be a first leg and a two-team parlay, which would be a Toronto money line. All right, like in Toronto as part of a parlay. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't talk anyone out of putting Toronto in a parlay of some kind. That would be that's the only way you can find some kind of uh, value with that P- puck line and regulation line aren't even all that good enough from a price standpoint here uh, in this game. Detroit, Carolina. We've got Carolina minus three forty-five to minus three fifty home favorites. Total five and a half shaded to the under. I should point out, like we've got you know two games right here back to back where you've got favorites of more than minus three hundred which is a, a good time for me to remind everybody watching and listening that we're now into the last month of just about of the regular season. The teams that are the best teams in the league are going to be priced like it, especially when they're against inferior teams. It's okay to pass, you know, in these games with these inflated favorites and, and dogs that you don't fully trust to actually win the game. It's okay to pass. I mean, you're going to see me probably have less volume, less plays on a daily basis for the next several weeks. As we get closer to the end of the regular season, it gets a little bit tighter gets a little bit trickier, especially with so many one goal games. So uh, that's why, you know, it's okay to pass. That's what I'm doing here uh, with Detroit and Carolina. It's a potential flat spot for Carolina because they had the two big wins against Florida. Now you're playing lowly Detroit. We even saw Tampa Bay fall into this uh, problem with Detroit where they beat Detroit and the first game and they uh, all of a sudden lost the second one to them. They're one and four uh, so far. Uh, here in April, this uh, Detroit team, Carolina is just rolling right now, playing excellent hockey, 27-9-3 and this season, playing just outstanding. Peter Morozik is expected to be a net here for Carolina tonight. They're 14-5 and at home this year. They should win the game. But again, where's the value to back Carolina? It's hard to really find it uh, at this point in time. We'll have to see who's a net here for the uh, Red Wings because there's really only one goalie that I would kind of like Detroit – having him in net, and that's Bernier. Bernier's had a nice season. I can't say that about Pickard. I can't say that about Thomas Grice. They've both struggled, but at least Jonathan Bernier has been serviceable uh, in net for the Red Wings uh, this season. We'll see if he's in between the pipes. Uh, but uh, for me, I know it's a potential flat spot for Carolina, but not enough for me to want to back Detroit. So it's a pass for me. Terry, what do you think? Red Wings, Hurricanes. Uh, kind of the same thing with the Leafs game. Like, there's just no, like, such a huge favorite for Carolina in this spot. Um, but they've struggled a bit against Detroit this season. They've only won three of the five, uh, three of the five matchups against them. So Detroit's uh, won the other two. And they're only two, two, and one in their last uh, five trips. Um, sorry, and they're in uh, Detroit's last five trips to Carolina. Carolina's only two, two, and one. So this has been a team that you think Carolina should just roll past, but they haven't. So no official pick uh, in this uh, game for me. I would lean Carolina, but again, like the Leafs, there's not, there's not really. I don't see any any plays that have value to bet for Carolina. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much yeah, very very much the same thing we we just talked about with Toronto and how nice is it for Carolina? They be like Florida's a really good hockey team, and we'll throw Peter Morozik in 
for the first game against Florida, and, and he'll do a he'll do a good job and get the win there. And then we'll throw in Alex Nedeljkovic, and he'll get a shutout the next game against them. Uh, must be nice for Rod Brindmore. And these two guys are going, both of their goalies, Nedeljkovic and Morozik. And Morozik's been really good since he came back from injury. So, And with that defense, with enough offense up front, uh, there's definitely a lot of things to like with this Carolina team. And I'm hearing Carolina's interested in Nick Foligno. And he's the perfect kind of forward. Because the one thing about Carolina, they don't have a ton of forwards with a lot of bite and a lot of the physical. We'll find, go after the pucks. We'll win those puck battles. We'll win those physical battles on the ice. If they go after a Nick Foligno at the deadline by Monday and get someone like that, wow, that makes their team even more uh, dangerous and a lot better. So we'll see if they can pull off that trade. Uh, but there's uh, all of a sudden some Nick Foligno Carolina uh, rumors going around. We'll have to wait and see if anything comes to fruition with that. Uh, Tampa Bay, Nashville, Tampa Bay minus 185 uh, road favorites, total five and a half shaded to the under uh, in this game. Look, uh, this is uh, Tampa Bay is now all of a sudden that team where I'm thinking, you know what? I know they bounced back strong. They lost to Columbus. You could tell they were not happy about it. They pummeled Columbus in the rematch uh, the other night, but they're still not a team. I'm ready to lay a minus 180 with on the road against this hard trying Nashville team that again is right now in the midst of playing some of their best hockey of the season, this uh, Predators team. Uh, what they've been able to do is incredible uh, as of late, especially when you consider the fact that the injuries keep on mounting for this Nashville Predators team, and yet they've still found ways to grind out wins and get the job done. Now they are coming off games against Detroit, so this is a huge step up in class here for this Nashville Predators team. But the thing that worries me here in this game is the injuries for Nashville. They're mounting at an alarming rate. They were already without Phil Forsberg. They were already without Ryan Ellis and Duchesne and Lucas Biza. And now uh, Dante Fabro on the blue line is out. Matthew Olivier is out. And the real big absence is this young Finn who's been playing on the top line from Eli Tolvanen. Uh, he is now out for the Predators. It's a huge loss because he had been such a spark plug for them offensively uh, of late. He, his play is kind of what sparked this run for the Nashville Predators that they've been on the last couple of weeks. And now he's out. That's a concern. Yes, yeah, Stamkos day-to-day, -day, uh, likely not expected to play tonight for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning as well. Uh, it's a really, really tough game. I, I, I tried to make a case, actually, for Nashville plus 160 with how hard they're playing, but I just don't know how many more injuries this team can uh, sustain and continue to win games. And now they're playing, you know, a, still a really good Tampa Bay team. So I lean to the... Preds a little bit. And let's not forget the last Predators have struggled against Tampa, but the last time they played Tampa was finally the game they won for the first time uh, against Tampa Bay. So lean slightly to Nashville, but they just too many injuries for me. So I, I couldn't pull the trigger. What do you think, Terry, about this one? This one's another, another tough one. Uh, I want to go Tampa. I want to go Tampa and Tampa did uh, finally get the monkey off their back. They, they finally played well in their last game. But I'm not quite sure that they're back to their regular selves yet. And Nashville's been playing so well. Like Nashville, everybody was ripping on Nashville uh, earlier on in the season. Um, they looked like they were going to compete with Detroit for last place. Like they were just, there was, they didn't didn't look like themselves at all. Um, but lately they've been on fire, Nashville. And they do have a lot of injuries as well. So... I just, I can't, I don't have a pick in this game because it's, I feel like Tampa's going to win, but I don't want to go against Nashville right now. So uh, this one's a pass for me. 
but uh, Tampa is five and one against Nashville this season, and they're four and one in Nashville in their last five trips to Nashville. Um, four and two in the over this season. So it's a pretty pretty even game. I'm I'm I don't have a pick on it, unfortunately. Yeah, I still think that the uh, Lightning defensively are not playing at the level that I think they want to be playing at. That's been the issue the last few games. There's been some holes in that team defensively. Now, they did have McDonough out for a bit. I've still got, I believe, uh, they've had Eric Chernak out for a bit as well. And that guy's an underrated defenseman. He's a physical presence for them, although it looks like there's a there's a chance he's back tonight, which would be good news for the light, Lightning in this game against the Predators. Uh I'll tell you what, they're working their tails off right now, the Predators. But again, when you just sustain so many key absences now due to injury, how long can you keep on going uh, right now uh, with with all the you know the manpower that essentially could be out of the lineup tonight for the Predators? Uh, that's the biggest issue for them, which is why uh, as much as I am tempted by the price here with Nashville, the way they've been going, uh, I'm going to probably end up staying uh, on the sidelines for this one. And we've arrived to the uh, Terry Edelman special here on the Ice Guys show. Of course, it's his Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues. Uh, Minnesota, uh, minus 115 to minus 120 now. Uh, road favorites, total five and a half in this one. Look, it's that obvious uh, bounce back theory spot for the Minnesota Wild off the worst loss they've ever had in their franchise's history. Nine to one last night. It's just everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Breakdowns left and right. Uh, not good goaltending from Capo Kakin, and, and it's kind of shocking to see him play that poorly because he was on a great run for the Minnesota Wild uh, about a month or so ago. But uh, you know, he sort of you know lost the net for a bit. Talbot got it, and ever since Talbot's had the majority of these starts, every time they put Kakin in, he's been a little bit shaky, like he was against San Jose as well recently. So uh, it was a tough night all around for Minnesota. They, you know, their defense was just carved up by St. Louis. Now St. Louis got reprimanded by Craig Berube, and they have played outstanding in two games after Craig Berube basically lit into his team for the way they were playing. And Colton Pareko being back does help. Look, now they're two and one with Pareko back in the lineup. He's a great uh, defenseman, and for a team that had been really struggling defensively, a major decline at that end of the ice, largely because he's been out. Carl Gunnarsson, who was one of their best stay-at-home defensemen out for the whole season, but having Pareko back matters. There's no question. Um, you know, I would go with Bennington again. I mean, I'm seeing Billy Huso projected goalie. I don't understand that. Like, I like Bennington's actually been good the last couple games, really good. The, the, the game last night, the, the, the second game against uh, Vegas, uh, he played really well in that game. If Bennington's in net, I may pump the brakes on backing Minnesota. I lean Minnesota, but I, I'll pump the brakes if Bennington's in net. He has been really good the last couple. They played better in front of him. However, if it's Billy Huso in net, there's no doubt I'll be on Minnesota. No question at all uh, that I'll be back in the wild if that's the case. Huso's been brutal. Absolutely terrible. Uh it makes no sense to me why, especially when you need points, you know, forget the fatigue factor, forget the fact that it's second night of back-to-back -back games. If you're St. Louis, you need points right now. You're battling with Arizona. You're trying to track down the coyotes for that fourth playoff spot. Uh, you need your best goalie in there. The goalie that gives you the best chance to win every night. Say what you will about Bennington. He's had some ups. He's had some downs this season. He's a better chance to give you a victory right now than Billy Huso. I don't think there's any argument. Uh, you're not splitting the atom, figuring that one out. That right now, Bennington gives you your best chance to win uh, at this point in time over Billy Huso. Uh, the Blues' offense, you know, it's it's been sparked. 
no question. Brian O'Reilly, the captains, uh, definitely come to the forefront the last few games. Uh, we'll see if they can uh, keep it going and make it three wins in a row. But you know you're going to get Minnesota likely firing back strong with a massive, you would think at least, a massive effort after what happened uh, last night in the game against St. Louis. So Eileen, Minnesota, I haven't bet it yet. I'm waiting for the goalie confirmation. If it's who, so I will be on Minnesota 100%. I do like the over as well in this game. St. Louis's offense is going. Minnesota, you would think, can find the back of the net, even if it's Bennington, but especially if it's Huso in net. So I like the over, and I'll bet Minnesota if it's Huso in net. That's the way I'm going here. Uh, Terry, uh, here's your chance to really uh, vent your frustration about the uh, ugly, ugly uh, performance last night for those Minnesota Wild. Well, everyone in the chat that, uh, that knows how big of a Wild fan I am. Um, so last night, uh, when the score became 5-1, I actually went to turn it off, uh, the game, and thought, you know what? No, I'm just going to keep it on. We're like, I, I can't turn it off. And then it goes 6-1. So the game goes off, and uh, I just start looking up stats for today, try to get my mind off everything. What what happened in, in I think, is... The first game against Colorado, we played a great first and a great third, but not a great second. So I posted in a Wild fan group uh, before the second game against Colorado, and I said, Wild, give it your all. I want to see like everything you have in this game, play a full 60 minutes. And they did that against Colorado, and they smashed Colorado. But I think they literally did give it everything they had, so last game, uh, last night, they just didn't have, they didn't have the skating. Um, the defense wasn't there. Capo wasn't good. Capo has been, Capo played so well in his winning streak, but I think the time off um, and then facing Colorado right away, I think that's just ruined his confidence. And He's I think. Thrown out of rhythm. Yep. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, thrown out of rhythm completely. He was rolling. He was starting every game. He's been in and out, in and out, more out than in because Cam Talbot's had most of the starts lately. And then he thrown in against, you know, uh, an outstanding, well, I shouldn't say an outstanding St. Louis team, but a, a capable St. Louis team that's coming off one of their best wins the night before against Vegas. You know, it's hard to reestablish that rhythm and your best performance when you've been completely thrown out of your rhythm. And that's, I think Dean Evison screwed up a little bit with the, given Talbot so many starts because he's clearly lost all the uh, momentum that he had. Yeah, I, I agree. Evison, I think has been a great coach for the wild. Um, he did make, um, he made a kind of a controversial decision, decision starting um, Talbot um, on a second night of a back-to-back -back when he played the first one in the first game against St. Louis, but he shut the Blues down to nothing. So he makes great decisions. He makes great line decisions, but I think um, not giving Capo so uh, enough starts has kind of hurt his confidence. Um, but Capo's not in that tonight. Talbot is. Um, like you said, Wild had their worst game in franchise history. So they let in the most goals they've ever let in in a game. A goaltender has let in the most goals uh, in any game. And um, the Wild had their most lopsided loss in franchise history. So for me, tonight, they, last night they didn't skate. Last night they didn't, they didn't play, really. So they should have everything in the tank for tonight. And let's go Wild. I'm on the Wild money line. I'm also on the Wild first period money line. 
I think the Wild are going to come out strong tonight. The Blues are going to go back to being the Blues they have been uh, previously before these three games. Uh, I'm on the Wild tonight. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, of course you are. Yeah, a big shocker. Breaking news. Terry Edelman likes the Wild. Didn't see that coming. That's uh, uh, news that, and nope, that nobody expected to hear. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like in the Wild, uh, first period in a full game. Uh, I will – I, I'm definitely going to be on the over. There's no question. Five and a half here. And the Blues are saying, hey, we thought we were generating chances and good enough offense before, but now we're starting to see the, uh, you know, the goals start to flow in. I think they'll score again tonight, but obviously I think Minnesota will contribute as well. Over for sure. I will only back Minnesota in this game, though, if it's Vili Huso. I've, I've got I do to hope that Huso's in. I do hope. Yeah, because he has been, look, he's been terrible. Absolutely brutal. Sure. Uh, I will only back Minnesota if I get confirmation. So we'll have to wait till later in the day uh, to see if we indeed uh, get a confirmation that it's uh, Huso and net for the Blues. All right, we're down to our last two games. LA-San Jose. San Jose minus 135 home favorites. Total five and a half shaded to the over in this game. Uh, the over for me once again here is what I'm looking at with the Kings and the Sharks. And I might bet LA here if it's Devin Dupnik and net because it's a back-to-back. -back. Jones played last night. Jones has this... Uh, Hex or voodoo, whatever you want to call it, on his former team, the LA Kings. He has just dominated uh, the LA Kings this season. He's played his best hockey, Martin Jones, in net against the LA Kings. That's just the way it's been, uh, start to finish this season. But could be Dubnik tonight uh, for the uh, LA Kings, or sorry, for the San Jose Sharks in net. Uh, five to two uh, victory for the uh, Sharks last night uh, against the LA Kings. Hey, the Sharks are playing well, five and one uh, in their last six games. Uh, playing better. Uh, Bob Bugner said he would didn't say if uh, Jones would play uh, the second night of a back-to-back, -back, but uh, he was uh, raving about the goalie. So there's a chance you might get. Kind of like with St. Louis. Be careful here. Don't just assume who so for St. Louis. Don't just assume it's going to be Devin Dubnik for San Jose. Uh, these two coaches might ride the hot goalies right now because, you know, Martin Jones has owned L.A., and, of course, Jordan Bennington's off two of his best games of the season in a row uh, for the Blues. So keep an eye on that. Uh, but I do lean over the total here, five and a half with L.A. and San Jose. And I might pull the trigger on the Kings uh, at a plus price if it is Devin Dubnik in net uh, for the uh, Sharks tonight. Uh, Terry, any interest for you here with the Kings and the Sharks? Um, San Jose 6-1-0 and against the Kings this year. They're also 4-0-1 in their last five home games against L.A. I didn't take the Sharks last night when I was thinking that I should, so I'm definitely not going to take them tonight because of that. Also, if Dubnik is in net, I will never, ever back um, a team that has Dubnik in net because after watching him for the last, um, the last six years, he's been declining. And I will never, ever put any money on Devin Dubnik. That's for sure. So if Jones is in net, I would lean with San Jose. But uh, no official picks on this game for me. These two teams are even, in my opinion. Um, but Sharks have a chance at the playoffs. So they could continue their little run they've been going on. Uh, but without knowing the goalies yet and the fact that uh, I they did play last night and I wasn't on them, um, I'm not sure if I'll get to San Jose tonight, but I do lean with them for sure. All right, we have the Battle of Alberta final game, Edmonton Calgary. We've got the even money both sides, uh, minus one ten. Uh, the total six across the board uh, in this game. Uh, Calgary's been uh, 
is going to be this is from a spot perspective and a scheduling standpoint this is as good as it gets for calgary they've been off since monday when they lost the uh, second game in a row to the toronto maple leafs for edmonton look what they've done since then they've had to play uh, a lot of road games this edmonton team they had to play uh, montreal they had to play back-to-back against ottawa and, and now they got to play calgary this is going to be i believe their uh, fourth game in six days so they've played a, a condensed schedule, a lot of games with a lot with some travel, and Calgary's been rested and waiting for Edmonton since Monday. But is Calgary good enough to for for that to even matter? I mean, they just find ways to lose right now. Uh, this Calgary team, they're shaking up the lines again. Daryl Sutter trying to find something that works, trying to get something out of his uh, combination of Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monahan, who continue to just really underachieve and sputter. They should be getting a lot more. Uh, than they have been receiving uh, from those uh, two uh, individuals. That's just not happening right now uh, for the for those two. We'll see if they can get it rolling here tonight against the Oilers. Not going to be easy, though. The Oilers have uh, been playing solid uh, defensive hockey uh, of late, which could be trouble when you're talking about a team that's having a tough time finding the back of the net. Mike Smith continues to be really good in net for the Oilers. He's been confirmed uh, as the starting goalie. Uh, for the Oilers. Jacob Markstrom will probably be in net for the Flames, and he's not been as good uh, of late for the uh, Calgary Flames. So this is a tough one for me. Um, I would lean Ed, I would lean a little bit to Calgary just because of the spot, but I don't know if that's enough to for me to pull the trigger because this they've had these opportunities before, uh, and they haven't gotten the job done. And I worry about the body language for this team. Like in the two games against Toronto, they were competitive, but boy, when something went wrong, they let in a goal. You could see the just the momentum, you know, d- you know, go away from them. The other team would just you know, suddenly hem them in for a couple of shifts in the, in a row, and just take the play to the Flames. So it seems like when something bad or negative happens to the Flames, they just uh, stop playing and they and they get down on themselves. They they lose their confidence, and all of a sudden. Uh, you know, a tie game goes to down two goals, kind of like what we saw in a couple of those games last week for Calgary uh, against Toronto. So it's a mentally fragile team right now. I think they know that it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs. I, I, I think for I think it's a home run spot for Calgary, but home run spot doesn't always get the money, especially if it's a team that just can't find ways to uh, win games and get out of their own way. And that's the uh, that's kind of the rut Calgary's in right now. So I lean a little to the Flames. I really don't know if I'm confident enough or feel good enough about it to pull the trigger, though. Terry, what do you think here? Battle of Alberta, Edmonton, Calgary. So the Flames are kind of like the Flyers to me this year uh, as well. They're a team that I had um, uh, doing in the playoffs in my preseason projections. Um, and Calgary fired their head coach, and I thought, oh, Sutter's going to come in. He's going to he's going to help them. Um, but they've actually kind of looked worse with Sutter. So I don't like this Calgary team at all. Uh, Edmonton has won five out of the seven matchups this year. Mike Smith has been playing amazing. When he was injured early on in the season, uh, I thought, oh, uh, when he comes back, he's not going to be good. Uh, Edmonton is going to have horrible goaltending this year. They might miss the playoffs because of their goaltending. But Smith has been really good. So um, this is my second leg in my two-team parlay. Um, first, the Leafs in the Battle of Ontario. And now Edmonton Moneyline uh, is official pick for me uh, for the Battle of Alberta. I it, it may be a spot for Calgary, but I don't like how Calgary is playing. I feel like they might 
possibly have given up on the season now. They see where they are. They see how far ahead Montreal is. Um, I like Edmonton tonight. Edmonton money line for sure. Probably uh, one of my biggest bets. There you go. So like an Edmonton money line uh, in this one. And uh, yeah, when you look at Edmonton, that's the one thing you worry about. Fourth game in six days, all with travel. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is out, but they managed to overcome that. Uh, and you got to give them credit, you know, beating Ottawa uh, twice the way they did. Uh, they, they coughed up that 2 nothing lead uh, to Montreal and lost in overtime. But, you know, this has been a pretty solid uh, Edmonton team for a good stretch of games. Their only losses were overtime losses to Toronto and Montreal. So they have played uh, very well. And there's still that part of me that's very leery about trusting Calgary. It's just simple as that. You know, it's a team that's not had that body language that's good. There's a lot of uh, Daryl Sutter's, you know, already surly and, and calling out the uh, uh, top guys saying we need them to score. I actually lean over. I know Edmonton's on a six-game under streak, but Calgary's talking about it at least. We need to get some offense going here. And they actually have gone over the total, two of their last four. And then the other game was a 4-2 with uh, Toronto. Uh, and the one game that stayed under was 3-2. And the thing that worries me is that with the Battle of Alberta, you're going to see rough stuff. You're going to see some penalties. And that obviously is good news for overs because the more power plays there are, uh, the more chances there are going to be for goals. So I, I, I lean a little to this game over the total, but uh, just leans for now with uh, Calgary and the over. And again, Calgary's probably not something I'm uh, going to get on board with because they've had these opportunities in good spots, good situations, good bet on uh, moments before and failed to get the job done and we'll have to wait and see and again he's now going to go back to splitting up Goudreau and Monaghan we'll see uh, if it uh, indeed uh, ends up uh, making a, a bit of difference for them because clearly they've had trouble uh, finding the back of the net uh, throughout this uh, throughout the season really largely because their top players haven't consistently uh, gotten the job done uh, all right, great stuff. Uh, Terry, good job uh, on your uh, NHL Ice Guys deep. Like I said on Twitter, this was like your PTO. This was your player tryout. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to like, get another invite or, or stick with the team, you got to perform. So you did a uh, you did a nice job today. Uh, well done. Um, good stuff. Um, and we'll get to best bets in just a second. You know, that's the uh, familiar end of the show uh, ritual yeah. with the Ice Guys. So we're going to let you throw a best bet at us in just a second. Uh, before we wrap up, a reminder. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code uh, THPN. Uh, it is a great time of year. Uh, lots to get involved with. Uh, there's uh, obviously the Masters is uh, wrapping up this weekend, but you've got NHL, NBA, uh, MLB uh, on a regular basis. Uh, right now, down to the last month of the regular season in the NHL and the NBA, you got the NFL draft, of course, later this month. There's going to be props available to bet. There we go. I wanted to get it up on the screen. Uh, there's going to be props available to bet in the NFL draft. Uh, take advantage of that promo code with DraftKings because when you download the app and sign up, you'll get a deposit bonus, weekly specials, weekly incentives, bet boosts, so many different perks that you will have at your disposal. And all you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, and use that promo code THPN. All right, it is time for Best Bets to wrap up this Saturday edition uh, of the Ice Guys show. Uh, Terry Edelman, we'll start with you, our special guest. What do you like for Best Bet today? I'm going to go with Edmonton Moneyline. I know a lot of people thought I'd probably go with the Wild, um, but I just I really like this Edmonton team. I, uh, I feel like this is a good spot for them tonight, uh, and they're going to they're gonna have a nice win. I also wanted to throw a, a prop bet. I don't know if it's available for all um, – all books, 
but for anyone who has bet 365, it is available. Um, away teams plus three and a half. So for the whole night, um, the goal the goal totals. Um, I'm taking the away teams plus three and a half. Um, I like a lot of road teams tonight, so I feel like that's a good play um, for the away teams. So yeah, my best bet is Edmonton money line. Yeah, and your away teams are Florida, Boston, Winnipeg, Chicago, Ottawa, Detroit. There's a couple I don't think will win, Ottawa, Detroit. Uh, Winnipeg, I'm not as sold on them tonight, even though I liked them the other night. Uh, Tampa over Nashville, Minnesota, St. Louis, L.A., San Jose, Edmonton, Calgary. But again, Terry's on a lot of those roadsides, so uh, it definitely makes sense to maybe look at that prop if you're in his shoes, no question. Uh, so Terry like an Edmonton here uh, for his best bet, minus 110 uh, against the Calgary Flames. Uh, my best bet, we got it done with an over last night with Arizona Vegas. It was an over five and a half. I'm going right back to the well with an over five and a half. Chicago Columbus, over five and a half, minus 110. I like it. Uh, Jackets are starting to get some offensive mojo going. Should be able to do it against Chicago, who still are very leaky defensively, can give up goals. But I think Chicago's offense chips in as well against uh, Columbus and Merzlikens. Uh Give me Chicago Columbus. Over five and a half, minus 110. That'll be my best bet for this Saturday uh, NHL card. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the show. We thank our special guest, Terry Edelman, and frequent Ice Guys viewer as well uh, for joining us on the show. A reminder, uh, we're on YouTube live with this with the Ice Guys show Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, Sunday, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, make sure you download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcasts platforms for our special guest terry edelman wild fan extraordinaire uh, i'm ian cameron have a great saturday enjoy the games and good luck and we'll be back with you tomorrow on sunday for another edition of the ice guys it's former pro hockey player devin didi joining me tomorrow once again as our special guest so uh, looking forward to that join us for sunday once again for another edition of the ice guys presented by the hockey podcast network Now a show that's going to give you the truth about the biggest epidemic of our times. We're all a little crazy. We're all a little crazy is brought to you by the Same Here Global Mental Health Movement and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is NHL great mental health advocate and member of the Same Here Alliance, Theo Fleury. This is 20-year professional sports executive, mental health advocate, and founder of the hashtag Same Here Global Mental Health Movement, Eric Cusin. This is Darren Ravel, sports business insider, mental health advocate, and founder of the Same Here Influencer Alliance. We're so afraid as a society to rip the Band-Aid off the topic in a real way. Anytime you open up about something that's controversial or taboo, the first one through the wall always gets bloodied. And that's why we're doing this. We don't mind being the ones getting bloodied. We put our stories out there well before it was a thing to do for a reason. Because as much as they're extreme examples of how far you can fall, they show everyone the challenging life experiences impact everyone, even those of us who have reached the top of our competitive industries. The issue in media today, traditional media and social media, we are so quick to look for simple answers, simple explanations. We want everything wrapped in a bow. But this topic is messy. The nuances need to be explained. Yeah, it needs real long form conversation like this. 
I'm just thrilled that we can be real with people and address the current events happening in this space in real time and set the record straight. More talk happening doesn't mean it's helping the conversation move forward. The words we use matter. We have the greatest mental health awareness in the history of our planet, and yet the mental health trends and outcomes are awful. It means the current messages aren't working. Find me a person who hasn't faced trauma in their lives. Anyone. You can. Things have affected all of us. It's why we all say we are all a little crazy in our own unique ways. This topic isn't for one in five of us with mental illness. It's for five in five whose mental health has been impacted. This isn't an athlete issue. It's not a musician issue. It's a societal one. This is the greatest epidemic of our time. No, it's not about stopping any stigma. It's about us all saying same here. Our openness and the commonality in our struggles, that's what erodes stigma better and faster than any campaign telling people to stop anything ever will. Available on all podcast apps. Do us a favor and download each episode before you listen. And if you're an Apple user, please rate and review the podcast as it helps us get these important conversations out to reach a larger audience.